Hey, Sam. Hey, Nathan. What's up? Uh, just going through my email. Could you imagine if spam filters didn't exist? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> it would be a nightmare. Mm, yeah, I've got... I would die. I would drown in a sea of emails clawing my way through like quicksand never to be seen again it's you know if you actually go to your spam spot your spam filter how do they just blast hundreds of thousands and hope that just one slips through and and that one gets you to do something it's it's bizarre like what are all of these it's crazy dollar shave club although i thought that was a legitimate business it is a a legitimate business but a lot, uh, some of it's also like phishing scams. Yeah, that's true. That they just do a good enough job of uh, detecting, keto, I guess. Keto masters. You, you're familiar with keto or ketosis? Yeah, ketosis. the diet, right? Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's so funny to me how predictable it is that things like um, uh, diet trends come and go. I mean, there's going to be some reason that keto it is, is just kind of silly or doesn't work. Yep. And then there's going to be... <laughs> the narrative diet or something <laughs> like yeah it's just the, like clockwork almost every decade yep. literally like clockwork sugar diet well now we're getting to we're, like, we're going we're our bodies aren't changing foods. people we have the same bodies we've always had how come like you can't realize that all these diets are just go ahead sorry no 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 yeah i'm just saying we've, we've gone from foods right we've gone for okay eliminate sugar okay eliminate carbs okay uh, eliminate bread. Okay. Only eat meat. Okay. Don't eat meat. Now we're going into sort of the organs, right? Don't, don't give, you know, uh, ketosis, get, put your body into a state of, of actual starvation so that your body eats itself and <laughs> then you will actually lose weight. And that's the whole idea of ke- of the uh, keto diet. Yeah. I mean, you know, people say it works, but I've, I've always just tried to stick to Counting calories, calories in, calories out. I eat whatever the heck I want. Mm-hmm. But the, the, what happens as a result of that, I, I think, at least for me and any other people I've known that count calories. By the way, I use the MyFitnessPal app to do that. It's excellent. Um, Boring. Yeah. No, it's good. Just it's, uh, but, but what happens is you start to realize and, and want to eat higher quality, better yeah. tasting food because you think you see like, oh, 200 calories for a can of soda. I'd rather not have yeah. that. I want it, but it's not worth the, the percentage, you know, the portion that's going to exactly. cut out of my overall day. So by default, just counting calories makes it, um, uh, a little bit healthier of a, of a lifestyle. And, uh, and if you, if you don't want to change anything at all, you can eat whatever, whatever you want up to a certain amount and then you just stop, uh, which is the hardest part, but exactly. Um, and yeah. you know, I've lost over two or about two pounds a week for the last couple months. And, and it's been like clockwork. And after the first couple of weeks, awesome. it's really not that difficult. You, you, the cravings go away for, you know, your, your habitual food. I actually found that I feel like I was at a big advantage tra- when I, whenever I travel, I'd get out of my, um, habits of the kinds of food and places I would eat at home. And so it made it really, really, uh, easy to stick to a certain diet. Yep. I think a lot of people struggle when they travel because it's boring and there's like airport food and stuff like that. Yeah, but for yeah. me, I, I used it as a way to trick myself out of, out of my normal ha- habits <laughs> of where and when I would eat. Nice. And, uh, and then after like a big trip, I'd come back and my, my, you know, local food at home would kind of have a giant reset as far as my cravings were concerned. But yeah. the keto diet is hilarious. I, I can't wait to see the next Oh, the yeah. next thing. This next will probably last one. about five tapered taper down after maybe seven years. And then, uh, yeah. Remember the next. Atkins diet? Everybody was going That's basically crazy. what this was. This is very similar to that because it has to do with carbs. Uh, Atkins okay. was just like zero carbs. Right. I think across yeah, the board. No bread, no anything like that. No carbs. Yeah. This has that as an element, but also limiting calories, I think, and mostly eating fat, something like that. I don't know. Something like that, yeah. Um, I think the the best thing to do, and if you don't want to do anything, is just eat healthy. Eat local, eat vegetables. 
Um, well, and, it's tough. Uh, You'd be surprised, even even eating healthy uh, across the board, how how many calories are packed into certain a freaking slice of slice of bread is hundred calories. Yeah, so. but you can also buy a good slice of bread that has like multi grain. It's good. It's got some yeah, interesting things in there for you. Um, you know, if you buy wheat bread, essentially that's just sugar bread. Um, you know, white bread, that's sugar bread. Um, you know, you just, you got to get something that's got some either weird berries in it, which is kind of bizarre. I don't really like those. Berry or just, bread? Yeah. <laughs> uh, or, yeah, or yeah, just, uh, just get like a really good seeded multi-grain bread and, uh, do you be good to go? God, one slice of banana bread, 200 calories. Well, that's oh. banana bread. Again, that's basically sugar, butter, and bread. Yeah. Uh, but your standard like wheat bread or rye bread is like 70, 70 calories, which is interesting. Mm, that's true. Um, rye bread is good though. I like it. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter. Uh, point is keto is the, the current craze. I'd be curious if anybody's, uh, who's on it, on, on it. Yeah. Uh, let us know in Instagram stories. I, I know some Instagram friends that are on it swear by it. But. My sister's on it. She doesn't. Yeah. I know for She's me, I don't think instructor. I ever quite realized the um, difference or the, the effectiveness of exercise versus dieting. I, I always felt like, okay, if I just stick to going on a run every day, I'll maintain weight. I can kind of eat without having to think about much and just be fine as long as I exercise every day. But I think I found that, yeah, the, the, much more the way you look is defined by what you eat. The way you feel is defined by yes. how much you exercise, which is fascinating. Yeah. Um, I mean, really what it comes down to on any sort of diet is like you, going on some official diet or whatever, like you could do it. Best thing to do is eat healthier and exercise more. And that's it. That's that's the key to being physically fit. And it does seem that uh, there it is a legitimate thing that works to allow yourself like only one like cheat day a week yep. where you can essentially blow anything out of the water that you're used to eat whatever you want almost not as much but uh, you know significantly larger portions than what you want and uh if you only do that once uh, a week or every you know week and a half or two um it's not going to affect you because your body it doesn't create the uh, the habit and the expectation of that um, that volume of food is it, really interesting. I, I think, uh, I, I read an article about the rock, um, doing that. Oh, yeah. I was like, well, if he can do it. Okay. <laughs> you know, the other thing is I was reading a, an article, um, yesterday, which I thought was fascinating, which, which basically said that mild dehydration can lead to muddled thinking and lack of productivity. Oh man, you got to drink the water. Mild you got to drink the boxed water. I go through probably five a day. Those boxed waters. I'm are going. I'm. I'm. King. I'm just. Uh, I've recommitted myself gross. to tap water. What? What? What was gross tap water? Listen it's to this fine. guy, everybody. You should look up Listen your water tests. Guy. You should look up Richmond's water tests. They make Shaming them public for every municipality. You, should, you need to look up the water, water. tests. I'm drinking it right okay. now. Okay, let's talk to the people up in Michigan. Mm. Well, that's <laughs> Michigan. And yeah. by the way, Flint, Michigan still doesn't have clean water. It's Can crazy. we get somebody on this, please? Apparently not. It's crazy, crazy, um, crazy. But I, it's it's just interesting to think about that. That even just having a little bit. Uh, a small lack of water uh, can can lead to like decreased brain function. It's basically what the study said. Which I thought was fascinating. Yeah, that's that is interesting. Uh, boom, my fitness pal app on the Apple Watch. Ooh. It has a add water, so you can track the cups of water you drink oh. with one one tap. I'm going to do that. It's added. The other reason I'm I'm such a fan of my fitness pal is that it's owned by Under Armour, so it's a local Baltimore company that nice. you may or may not have heard of. No. Um, Speaking of companies, should we should we touch on the fact that Facebook lost one hundred and twenty five billion dollars in stock value? We and, should touch and on. Can it. I just also mention Apple had a record earnings uh, quarter, most they've ever made, fifty three point six billion dollars. Oh, announced at their earning call yesterday. Could you just try and think about how many how many billions of dollars that is? 53.6 in profit, I think. Wait, 
Wait, wait, wait. Let me double check. There might just be revenue. Profit? Yeah. Let's Let me see. see here. Let's see, Intel lost 90. Oh, gosh. Hold on. 90 what? Blocker. Uh, sorry. Uh, $90 million in. Um, 90 million? Sorry. No. Well, that's like. Hold on. Sorry. $90 billion. Uh, dollars uh september 22nd of 2000 uh that's the second biggest loss second biggest loss okay so you're going back yeah Yeah, so facebook is the number one loss by almost 30 percent more is that Uh, yeah uh yes not double right no it's um no it's not quite that high it's like 20 percent more but still also apple lost 59 billion dollars january 24th 2013 Wow. It's kind of Let's crazy. Let's see here. Um, yeah, Apple is well on track to hit the $1 trillion market valuation. They generated $53.3 billion in revenue, quarter wow. three, in which revenue. is actually, okay. quarter three is typically a, um, yes, a slower a quarter because people are holding off for the new iPhone. Quarter, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's insane. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I have a feeling that Facebook's going to be fine after this. Um, people, you know, it's going to, it's going to, it's a huge dip, but people are already, investors are already uh, encouraging people to just buy, buy, buy uh, on Facebook because it's so low. Uh, so I think it's going to bounce back. I don't know that it's going to bounce back fully, but, and couple that with the fact that who cares about Facebook anymore? Uh, raise your hand. If anyone cares, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Um, yeah, that's and, true. uh, so Facebook is is on the outs. Now, Sam, you told me something the other day that I thought was very interesting, uh, which was that you think that a lot of Facebook's, um, you know, f- sort of failure in recent uh, years has been due to the fact they allowed news stories into uh, into sort of the Facebook world. Can you elaborate mm-hmm. on that? <laughs> well, I mean, Facebook used to be a place where you would, everything was focused around connections with people you actually knew in some way, or unless you were just creeping on someone's profile <laughs> that you met online, you, you had a direct connection with all these people. So everything in your feed was relevant to somebody you knew directly. Yeah. And once they unlocked uh, Facebook pages for news organizations and share buttons everywhere across the entire web, your newsfeed just, I mean, go look right now. I still have my Facebook. Oh, Let me God, see. It's, yeah. um, here's a group. Here's an ad. Uh, here's a news okay. article. Another news article. Another shared news article. Okay. And so imagine if Friend, Instagram right now, ad. which is completely completely oblivious that that i've seen to news ads that's kind of what facebook used to look like mm-hmm. you know it was just posts relevant to the people you were following yes it was annoying when they switched the order of them yeah but it was fine now imagine you suddenly start seeing news posts without you ever having followed a news organization right i've never once followed cnn but i can't tell you how many articles i've seen from cnn on my news feed right or sciencealert.com or whatever else people comment and share. Um, yeah, it's, that was a quick way for Facebook to become a half trillion dollar company. Uh, but I think it's, yeah, long-term clearly term, going to be it, a bad decision. Yeah. I mean, I am just sick and tired. That's like part of the reason why I'm never on Facebook anymore. It's like, I don't want to get bombarded by like basically just a handful of political posts and, um, and autoplay, and, I mean, they're doing crappy things yeah. that just ruin, like, I don't know right how many times I've gone page. in, I've gone in and turned off autoplay videos, like, at least five oh, or six times yeah, over the years, definitely. and it keeps turning itself off somehow. <laughs> it's like, guys, like, you, you have to maintain some level of trust, uh, especially now with the fact that they clearly demonstrated they, they can't be trusted. Um yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it's going to be sell, They're going to sell your info. They're going to sell it to third parties. They're apparently going to send it to Russia. Uh, they're going to send <laughs> sell it to anyone. Um, well, one of those most sets. fascinating... I don't think, actually, that Facebook does sell, sell data in the way that a lot of people think they are. Right. They're not, like, giving people giant email lists that they can just uh, mass download and do whatever they want with. No, it is it controlled. some finagling. And what what really happened, I think, um, I was listening to a fantastic podcast called uh, Exponent 
couple of uh, weeks ago, and yeah, they were mentioning great. that. You know, I think Facebook honestly didn't even realize what it was doing in terms of uh, access to users' data. Facebook, if you remember, um, three or four years ago, were completely obsessed and focused on becoming its own platform with apps and especially games running on Facebook. That was their goal. And as a a catalyst, a a thing to kind of jumpstart and and get people to pay attention to it as a platform, they kind of opened up a lot of, you know, their graph. I think they actually even called it graph, like their their big searchability of of people's data. Mm -hmm. They opened it up to developers for free and, and just didn't really even care or think about the fact that this is essentially giving away people's data. And, you know, I hope that uh yeah facebook is is able to uh take a step back and i still have faith that it could work fantastically as a platform facebook groups provide a ton of utility they're really great events and even the marketplace actually a lot of people i don't know if, if it's the same way in baltimore but in richmond it's like a big way of people trading people don't really like craigslist around here for some reason i don't get it yeah. but um but mm. they love facebook marketplace and it's it's cool you can just yeah. buy whatever you want on there yeah, they just need to give you. They need to give everyone a clean slate. I think in some yeah. way to to control all of this crap I see in my newsfeed that has nothing to do with anybody it, I've it ever asked to follow. To do with anything? Yeah, yeah. It's oh just a mess. It's it's a cluttered mess. I don't know where to find anything that I want to find. I don't. The people that I care about, that I want to see what's going on in their lives. I, barely ever see uh, i mean you have to go directly to their um you know their facebook page and yeah everything like else is a Why mass of memes and you know cute dog videos and i'm just like what is even happening here there's no point you know what i would like facebook see. right now you know what i would be really interested in seeing if is a facebook lifted what? a little bit from reddit and created like a voting based system. Yes, of that could be cool. What surfaces to the top would then be hopefully very high quality posts that are, of, you know, of interest. Uh, that would be cool. And they kind of have that with the like button, but I don't think that that's enough. I think it needs to literally be like a counted vote. Yeah. Um, yeah. And same with the comment threads that unfold. And some posts, you know, you get hundreds and hundreds of comments. It's like certain stuff does surface to the top somehow, but it's only based on likes, the like button, yeah. not the not an actual voting system. So it's really interesting. Yeah, I but I, I mean, Reddit has had a huge uptick in um, engagement and traffic recently. And I think it's because Reddit is set up in just such a genius way. Every single day, there's new yep. amazing things that surface to the top of Reddit. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, so okay, we want to we want to get uh, over to some grab bag questions today. Yeah, I have some Instagram story question responses that I found kind of interesting. People people posed. Um, let's see. So uh, let's so see. you have not been exposed or. or briefed on any of these questions no one person just said let's talk about guitars <laughs> okay it's kind of awesome. i just have i've got my base in the shop right now it's got some electrical issues mm-hmm. and uh hopefully that'll be fixed by tomorrow this guy says uh this guy brad says how come photographers don't talk about their f- they're sorry what <laughs> they're f-ups Except you didn't say oh. f <clears throat> yeah i think he's talking about um yeah mm-hmm. when when photographers fail uh, I'm not going to lie. I don't remember the last time that I screwed up anything like royally in a way that it was yeah, I mean, a problem for the client like that. That's sort of maybe first three years territory. Yeah. Might... I, don't, I don't know. Like I remember one time I was late to a, um, a press club shoot like five mm-hmm. years ago or something like that. Ended up getting everything just fine, but it was pretty, pretty nerve wracking getting the, um, getting the text from you. Hey, Nathan, uh, clients asking where you are and I'm like, Oh, uh, I was supposed to be there in uh, five minutes ago and I'm 20 minutes away. So I jumped in the car and I got there and got everything in time somehow ended up getting yeah. everything, uh, which was lucky, but that's the, that's the last thing I can remember that I actually was like, oops. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think I've ever missed like a first kiss shot or been slept through like a wedding in, in or anything, uh, personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- I don't think I've ever missed like a critical moment that 
somebody came back and asked for okay i'll take that back there is one there was one wedding where i did not get a good wide room shot of a really great reception space okay i took pictures of separate halves of the rooms but i didn't get like one giant wide beautiful room shot which right was which shocking not everybody to me even was, cares about that's true um, this this was begging for that i don't know how i didn't take it mm-hmm. um well, sometimes but, you can miss you it. From from now on, forever, in, uh, I always get that shot in any event. Yeah, just because. In yeah. terms of why don't what in terms of the actual question, why don't more photographers share more about their screw ups? Um, I don't know. I mean, a lot of I, I kind of feel like a lot of, and this may be just me, but I feel like a lot of of photographers is like, here, let me show you what I'm show you what I'm doing right. Let me let me just prove that i'm legit um i think a lot especially in wedding photography you have a lot of basically amateurs that start we we were amateurs when we started um that Mm -hmm. are just trying to like show off oh i can i can really nail this i can really nail a group shot i can really nail a first kiss i can really nail a portrait uh and it doesn't seem on the surface helpful to you know, say, Oh, I'm, I'm bad at this or that. Um, and I do think you should sort of big up yourself on making sure that, you know, you are on, on learning. But I also feel like there's a, I, I think internally, uh, you can, you, you've got to, you got to always reexamine what, what could you do better about any particular wedding? What could you do differently? Um, in terms of showing yeah. it off, I think when it, when it benefits you to show it off, that you're like, oh, I learned something through this. Oh, I remember one time, it wasn't okay. exactly a screw up or anything, but I was just kind of, I did a Facebook post, I don't know, it was years ago, but I was doing headshots for, oh, it was the company I used to work for. I, they're a great company, great company. Um, <laughs> sure. And um, <laughs> You sound like was, Trump right there. I was, <laughs> fantastic company, perfect company. Uh, you won't believe, com- <laughs> you won't believe how great this company is. Um so I was we're doing great things, really things. great things, Bigly. huge, huge things. And I was taking portraits of that uh, was just kind of a basic setup, a couple of strobes, you know, easy 50 millimeter shot. Um, and I did that one year and then the next year they wanted me to come back and do them again. And I did them completely differently after kind of learning a little bit more throughout the year and I, I posted them side by side and the first one looked like ass and the second one looked awesome. <laughs> and I was like, you know, it's just interesting to see how far you can come in one year. You've got same guy, same, you know, same wall, uh, pretty much same setup, but just kind of tweaking a few things, m- managing your editing a little bit better and kind of re-examining how you think about the portrait. It turned out a lot better. And so I think showing stuff off like that, maybe a before and after, hey, I was bad before, now I'm better, that kind of thing could could be beneficial. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and maybe this person is referring more to, um, I've always been fascinated by like failed businesses as a whole, like not one sure. singular bad thing that happened, but people who just didn't make enough money and failed as a business because that literally never gets talked about. Um, and ironically, I feel like if people were more open about that, they may actually be able to start an entire new business <laughs> of, uh, of dissecting what went wrong and teaching people what to avoid. Yeah. Owning, uh, you know? owning your failures, owning your big failures and saying, okay, n- not saying, no, 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 I, I sort of did it. Okay. Um, and just saying, no, that was a wrong way to approach that let me do it differently this time is is hugely beneficial to you i think i did have one portrait that i distinctly remember completely screwing up and uh but but again i am in a incredibly privileged perspective on these the epic portrait series that i was doing uh celebrity portraits um really quick fast super streamlined setup the the actual picture taking was probably 30 seconds uh, maybe a minute i had uh rudy giuliani i was taking a portrait of and my flash wasn't firing uh, there was a there's a weird glitch on my pro photo no not pro photo um oh geez what, what are the the wireless triggers oh my gosh the, the pro photo right 
No, um, no. Ah, it's the wireless triggers ah, that are used the between. P. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Let's see. Flash wireless. Somebody's yelling at their speaker right now. Yeah. Come on. Photix? No. Gosh, there's so many. It's not Photix. Weird brand names now. Gosh, I haven't yeah. researched this. Pocket market. Wizard. Pocket Wizard. That didn't even come up as a first result. Everything That's is so, so strange. like oh. uh, Chinese, like generic brand stuff. Anyway, Pocket Wizards. Uh, they had a glitch where if the antenna was down and you were really close. It would. It wouldn't. Send. There would be no signal connection whatsoever, and I had the antenna flipped down, and I thought that'd be fine because I was standing right next to the flash. But it needs to be up even just a little bit, and I did not know that. And uh, the, the flash didn't fire, so I got three black frames and said thanks, goodbye. But again, I say I was privileged because this whole series, the entire yeah. reason for doing these photos was just because I asked and wanted yeah. to. <laughs> so just nobody cared if I messed random. up, which was great. Yeah, uh, I just wanted to do this for my own uh, practice and benefit and just kind of seizing the, the opportunity to have access to these people. And uh, it was unfortunate because, you know, like him or not, Rudy Giuliani has a very recognizable face. And yeah. uh, I wanted that wanted that portrait. But I need to look up those raw files. Maybe there's some magic, Maybe. you know, eight years later that will uh, recover a noisy grain <laughs> picture. Who knows? Maybe yeah. that cool NVIDIA. Run through the NVIDIA thing. Yeah, yeah. thing we were talking about. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Gosh, um, I need to get seriously. a search for this. Seriously. Go right now. Um, okay, uh, uh, what's, what's, our next, what's our next topic? What's our next question? All right. We've got a lot here, so let me just parse through them a, a, a bit to make sure we get something that's not like branding. Somebody just asked if we talk about, I think we can talk about branding another time. We can, that, that we can do a big, I don't know. We, we sort of talked on about that early on. I thought, um, one yeah. of our first episodes, but we can, we well, can re- revisit that for sure later. Why is the word alternative thrown around too much in the wedding industry? I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. I don't say that word very often. How do you feel about photographers selling a false lifestyle to others? Ooh. I actually replied to this on my feed and I said, they're pathetic and I think they're hilarious but pathetic and hilarious in the way that it's, it's funny to me that people actually it's like a sad hilarious. Yeah. It's funny to me that, that people actually engage. It works like people build big followings. I don't know that it works financially. I think a lot of people sell a lifestyle that financially is not real, but people follow them and engage with them and it does work. And that's, what's hilarious to me. Like you, people can't see what this person is doing. Like, this is not what their life is. This is, this is not, this is not it. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I I think authenticity is absolutely key in artistry of any kind, not just photography, but any kind of artistry. If you've got something and it, it all stems from the idea that every single person in the world has something unique to offer the world. And if you are truly yourself, truly create and truly and creative and, and work hard. Um, but if you're truly yourself, that is what people want to see. They don't want to see you trying to be someone else. They don't want you trying to be somebody that you're not. They want you to be who you are because whatever that is, is going to be vastly different than what anyone else is. It kind of seems a little bit simple on the surface, but basically you've got to be true to yourself. I'm, I'm, I'm wrestling with that right now, redoing my whole website. And I'm talking with, with, uh, with my website guy about how I can be more me, um, and less anyone else. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, um, what was the question? <laughs> so, I started reading all these other questions. Li- <laughs> selling <laughs> false, false lifestyle. lifestyle. Yeah, I, I think it's, who knows, I've seen a noticeable uptick in like people pivoting toward more of a YouTube following as photographers. And what's fascinating to me is I think we're, we're starting to lose a lot of photographers that are truly professional wedding photographers. Maybe they started there or maybe they still shoot weddings occasionally, but a lot of their, their work is actually lifestyle work where they're working with models or amateur models and and they're, they're photographing, you know, really ultra trendy lifestyle stuff, not wedding photos. And that's a huge, huge difference that can get blurred and, and, and grayed out for people that haven't shot both 
styles of, of photography. They're completely right. different. And and, the thing is, though, is that you can be you can clearly be very successful doing this. Um, you you can very easily market a huge lifestyle brand uh, and attract brides that way. Totally. Yep. Um, my, the problem is, I think you're gonna you're gonna have burnout at some point. You're not gonna be doing you some point you're going to be wondering what the hell am i doing <laughs> i think that's a good point i didn't think about the burnout aspect of it i mean i guess that would totally depend on what a person's priorities are Certainly. and what what fuels that um I, i've i don't know i've never understood it but let's move on to another okay uh sustainability as a wedding photographer as your only slash main source of income all right what do so, you think this is this is key i've always felt that no matter what you're doing, be it photography, uh, podcasting, YouTube videos, if you're working as a self-employed person, uh, and that is your soul, like yep. you are the, your, your own soul moneymaker, you have no salary from another company or anything else. You have to diversify your, a little bit. Yeah. Your, your revenue streams, right? You can have a main sort of pillar of what is, bringing in your dough, uh, probably shooting weddings, but you have to come up with ways to diversify revenue streams as things ebb and flow and cycles, uh, or, or yeah, things saturate or, or come in and out of style. Certainly. Uh, that's one reason why I think it's good that we do this podcast, even though we don't make really any that much money from it. Um, yeah. we, we get a good, uh, rapport going with other people in the industry and that, that can pay off in ways that sure. we're not even aware of yet. Um, speaking at conferences, uh, writing articles for F stop or any of that kind of stuff. That's mm -hmm. like sort of still relevant to what you do as a professional photographer, but just sitting there and only making money and solely focusing on shooting and getting weddings, you can do it. It's just you a much more dangerous yeah, place to exactly. be, especially if you, if you don't have a good, um, budget and tendency to save money for uh down years right and, and because uh, yeah because weddings are a uh, are, are a real good bet i think that's a reason that so many people do them is i mean weddings are not gonna stop anytime in the next you know 100 years i don't think um we've we, um you have a, a really solid way of making decent money um the the issue, though, is that sometimes wedding trends can change, and um, and that can include you know photography as well, and and kind of wondering, oh, do I need this type of photographer? If if you shoot one type of way, and that way goes out of style for whatever reason, um, you're a little bit screwed that year or those years. So it is important to diversify. I mean, that's part of the reason that I also do, and Sam also does a lot of, um, uh, a lot of like conferences, events, private events, political stuff, just because it's, it's there and that's not going away either. Um, and so, the I other, don't know. Yeah. The other thing, um, somebody was talking to me they were trying to convince a friend of theirs to come with them to a photographer's conference and you know we've had <laughs> uh, yeah. discussions at length about the downsides of conferences but he was trying to make the case one of the one of the upsides is, is purely just the relationship building yeah. that you get from going and being surrounded by people at conferences and being in you know involved in your genre of work and it's it it can it almost certainly will um and can pay you back in ways that you have no idea what a relationship uh that you start building will, will form like how, sure. how it will connect to an idea later on as the industry evolves and like I know there's a, a preset company where the two guys that started it literally became friends by just attending conferences, had no idea that 10 years from, from then they'd start a preset company together because presets weren't a thing that were really like money-making. There just wasn't a, a thing in the industry as big as it is now. And you know, their relationship just grew out of hanging out and going to this thing. It's awesome. And uh, I, you know, I think that that doesn't directly become a, you know, a, a, 
a guarantee for sustainability as a wedding photographer, but as a self-employed person, like building those relationships, yeah. you, know, you may, might look at a workshop or a conference and say, it's, uh, you know, I, I don't want to be a sheep. I don't want to go see what everybody else is seeing. I want to do my own thing. You can have that same mindset, still go there and have a good time and, and network and meet people. Sure. I'm shocked as, as I get older and older, how much I've, I, how long it's taken me to realize uh, the value of networking. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yep. It is. It's, basically the entire world really awesome. revolves around um, relationships with people and uh, the entire business world, especially, uh, which is why going to Ivy league schools is so valuable because <laughs> yeah. you just get such an, an amazing alumni network. It's like nobody from our school is doing anything except, except the guy <laughs> that did X, X, K, C, D, X, K, XKCD, yeah. yeah. He's, he's probably uh, the most famous uh viewer that I'm aware of. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's killing yeah. it. Who, who else has gone to CNU? I don't even know. Oh <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, answer the question, diversify revenue streams. Like yes. you have to. And, and, and especially as a wedding photographer, uh, you have to think about your physical fitness uh and your overall age. Um you will be aged out of being able to physically do the job faster than most other jobs because it is so demanding. Yeah. So whatever um, interests you, I think you should uh look into it as like how how can I cause what happened is is I was like, Oh, well, I'm interested in photography. Uh I don't really know anything about it. Uh, but I might as well just start shooting and found it interesting. Everybody in my family's always pretty much all been self-employed. So it's kind of in my blood to just go for it. Years down the road, it's, it's worked out. I think that's, that's the thing with, that's the other thing with, um, with diversifying as well. you just find something you're, you're something else that you're also interested in, whether it's podcasting or I don't know, video games, streaming, or doing like accounting on the side. I don't know. Whatever interests you, do a side hustle. Yeah, totally. I, I think now more than ever with the way the internet is, it's, yeah. it is really it's important to, to feel okay and practice like expressing your unique opinion on anything. It doesn't have to be yeah. photography related. It can, it can be anything that you know, you're remotely interested in. Just Again, opinions are in right now. People, <laughs> people want to hear what you have to say and argue over it. Seriously. Yeah, that can also come back to bite you. This guy asked, does buying new gear make sense just because it's available? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out here and, and say that there's no answer to that question because yeah. it's gonna be different for every person given their financial state and and what they do. I I someday want to take a photo of just my camera um or or my gear bag or whatever, my twenty four, my fifty, and my camera, and then have my entire house as the backdrop and, and really put into perspective how just these tools have enabled and yeah. the entire life that I've built. Yeah. And many photographers could do that. And it's sort of mind blowing to think that with a very modest investment of a couple thousand dollars, mm -hmm. you can get a return thousands of percent back, uh, you know, learning how to obviously, uh, use the tool. And, um, absolutely. It's just mind blowing to think with a computer, couple lenses and a camera you you can make it and i i guarantee all of us could could be making the work that we make now still with like the nikon d3 if we had to right so it's not you don't have to but you, you know it's so fun and it is so little money unless you buy a camera every six months that for me it's worth it but i could totally be doing what i do now maybe a little bit more frustratingly and a little bit more slower or more difficult but with, with the same technology from from eight years ago if i sure. had to i remember talking to an uncle bob um at a wedding i may have mentioned this before on the podcast i'm not sure but he was walking around at some wedding with you know, four cameras or whatever. And anyway, I just decided to talk to him instead of shame him from, you know, with my eyes from the sidelines. And, uh, he told me that he used to be a wedding photographer in the seventies. And he said that his whole process was he would show up on a Saturday. He would take photos of the ceremony, take family photos, open his camera hand them the negatives, get paid $300 and walk away. And, uh, he said sometime he could, sometimes he could shoot two or three weddings in, in a day that way. A day. That's insane. So I'm like, wow, wow. 
And for him, the margin was even lower. Get a camera, get film, get paid. That's That was his entire business model, and he was able to sustain himself on that. So, again, just saying, no, gear is not... The the right type of gear is necessary uh, to you know to make good photos, but beyond that, everything else is gravy. Keep do whatever you want, whatever your budget allows to push yourself, push your art. Other than and that, there is yeah, there is a real thing uh, that occurs when you get a new piece of equipment. You get yeah. a little bit of spark and a little bit of drive, and there's value in that. Definitely. It's probably not worth as much as you're paying for that new lens or that new <laughs> camera, but you, you do. it is nice to keep things fresh and uh, kind of reignite a bit of that experimental side. And it, it helps you to discover new ways of thinking and, and crafting imagery, uh, I think occasionally getting a new lens and things like this. But overall, no. I mean, it is nice to be able to shoot at 12,000, 16,000 ISO now with basically Definitely. virtually no fear of grain. Uh, that wasn't the reality back in the day, but at the same time, like that's so rare. And there are other solutions to shooting in low light that it's not necessary, but. Yep. Uh, okay. Next question. Yes. Next question. All he asked it, all he said was, yes, all the photographers buying Instagram followers. This oh. probably kind of ties into the fake lifestyle um, post a bit. I guess they're sort of distinctly different in that one is truly fake and the other is just a slice of life that doesn't quite... Um, I actually shared someone's response to that. Which that I, I thought that was I amazing, by the way. I always imagine someone renting out a 3,500-seat theater in the city, closing it down for the day, and filling every single seat with plastic mannequins, some missing limbs or heads, fading the house lights, starting a recording of an announcer, and running on stage like a superstar. There's applause on the recording. They take a bow for too long, wave at all the mannequins sitting in the dark. Don't forget about the balcony. Take a picture of the mannequin. July 31st, sad person, sold out. <laughs> who who, who said that? Uh, I don't know. Let me see if I can uh, find them on Messenger. By the way, Instagram Messenger needs to be searchable. It I'm does, sorry. Yeah. The fact that you can only search by username is becoming a complete nightmare. So, oh, man. so well, as you're, as you're finding out who who geniusly said that i think that is the most awesome analogy for anything i've ever heard in a while it's perfect buying instagram followers is a bunch of bullcrap and if you're doing it i i just you should stop because come on here's the problem is that it might give a a yeah it might give an, an impression of uh authenticity and like professionalism to have a big following, but you don't need that many. The return, just once you've got like a couple thousand, anybody considering hiring you isn't, isn't going to say like, oh, well, but Sam's got 60,000. Right. So I mean, it, maybe there's a point where it starts, you know, if I had a million followers, maybe there, there's a, there's a vast return or, or a, a quick, the slope is real. Like you only need a couple of thousand sure. actual followers to be taken seriously as a professional, if that, and the problem for people that do it is that you lose all sense of who and how big your actual audience is all of the analytics that Instagram and Facebook give you, which are pretty robust, yeah, pretty robust. Don't, don't count for anything because you have no idea what's fake and what's not. You literally have no clue who your audience is, and it takes a long, long, long years to taper down, you know, your fake following and and have it morph into what your actual following is. So it's it's way better uh, to just build it legit. Uh, I mean. Right. And technical reasons aside, again, sort of going back to the fake lifestyle or having a bunch of, of, of you know, not, not actual people or bots following you, it's not helping your business. Uh, it's not helping your art specifically. It's not helping you grow your business. It's just giving you something pretty to look at while you go on thinking that you're doing a great job. I think you need to you know, growing, growing your audience organically by showing authentic, great, unique work is the best way to, you know, continue doing something real that you can be proud of years down the line. Yeah. I, think. I can't, I can't find the person that said this. Mm-hmm. I'm looking feverishly. I just, I, why can't I just say search keyword? Boom. There's a the conversation. Like, I don't know. this is a joke. All I can do is search the person's... Uh, 
Okay. Yeah, it's um, it's it's whatever. It's frustrating in a way, but at the same time, you have to remember if you come across a f- person who's just you know stuffed their numbers with fake bots and followers, and you're sure of it, just remember and realize that one, uh, that person probably isn't doing well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because otherwise, you know, why would you need yeah, that? Exactly. And two, um, they have no idea how, how good or bad they're doing. You have a distinct advantage by having legitimate, a, a legitimate audience An that organic you know audience. exactly who they are. <laughs> That's the thing. Okay. Um, let me see. Let's, let's have, we have time for maybe one more. Sure. Uh, there's one about blogging, right? That I thought was good. Yeah, that was good. Personal, let me see. Personal style, recognizing your work. Yeah, let's not do that. How do you feel about photographers? No, we, okay, yeah, let's do um, what's the importance of blogging? Uh, this person's exact question is blogging. How much? How often? Always mixed reviews. Thanks, Sam. You rock, man. Who's giving okay, you mixed cool. reviews about blogging is my question. Uh, I don't know. So, my, do you mind if I go first? Go ahead. I struggled with keeping up with my blog because the return on a post on a single photo is so high in social media that, you know, getting a thousand people to go to my website when I blog a full wedding seems kind of silly when I can get thousands of interactions and views from just one photo on social media. So I've always felt a tendency to drift toward this peppering it every few months uh, with a post and then post every day on social media. I still think that's a really effective thing, but, um, I still believe that blogging is, uh, the engine of your website. Yeah. It's sort of signals how you're going to be doing, um, eight, 12 months down the, down the road, because you get such big benefits of, of passive people stumbling across a venue that you keyworded yep. for or people stumbling across a picture that was just uh, pinned on Pinterest or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, your, your blog is, is your engine to your business. And most photographers that I know personally that don't shoot anymore stopped blogging, even though they had the content, even though they could have, they stopped blogging one and a half, two years before the point they're at now where they stopped shooting. And maybe that's uh, sort of on purpose. Maybe they just didn't feel like blogging so much that they, if they really had an honest conversation with themselves, they, their heart's just not in the work anymore. And that's just how that plays out. But I think it's actually a situation of they would prefer to keep doing what they were doing. <laughs> they just got lazy with blogging and now they're screwed. <laughs> they have to start over. And, uh, and there's so, it takes so long to get momentum going yep. in web traffic and blog, like just, being good at it takes practice. It takes so long to develop all that stuff that you're, you're just killing yourself if, if you slow it down. It, you know, it takes, like, these things come in year-long cycles. It takes forever to, to build back up web traffic momentum. Absolutely. So, and I've, again, I've said I've gone through this. I've kicked myself in the, in the butt for not blogging enough. Uh, basically, 2016, 2017, I just was super lazy about it. And now yeah, I'm trying to <laughs> trying to bring it back and it's paying off huge. Like I can see my stats trending up way, way more every time. Also, uh, just seeing what has played out on social media, it's crazy to not think about controlling your own blog and web domain because that is your safe space on the internet that will never be hopefully, um, tapered down because somebody didn't pay or because you didn't boost your website to be surfaced to the top of search results or whatever. Like people can go to Samar photography whenever they want and, uh, that, that can't be taken away. So yeah, you're not at the mercy of some company deciding, you know, unless, unless our internet carriers decide to start charging for faster pipes or something. Right. I hope not. I really hope not. Um, but sort of a hundred percent agree with that. Um, taking sort of the other angle of it, the art angle and saying a journal, uh, sorry, a blog is, is a journal. That's essentially how it started out uh, way back in the day was a way for people to just throw their thoughts online. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it eventually kind of people realized, Oh, you can put photos on these and people can see them. And, I think that basically led straight to Instagram and Facebook and all these other things. The ability for an artist to tell a coherent story is uh, incredibly valuable. That's the whole point of what you're doing. I think as a wedding photographer, you're, you're telling a story of a couple in love on a particular day, surrounded by friends and family. You need to be able to tell that story in your own words, in your own language, and in your own voice 
and have people connect with that. And um, in order to kind of continue being a good artist, you've got to, you've got to, you know, exercise, you got to flex your muscles and you've got to, um, you got to put together, I think a good visual that you feel best represents the day, but also represents what you're trying to do, your vision for your eye. And the blog, a blog is an absolutely amazing way to do that. If I didn't have that, I, I, I kind of feel like I'd be a little lost on, well, what, you know, what do I feel? I don't know. Throwing a, a, fo- a photo on Instagram and getting a, a bunch of likes is one thing, but telling a story the way I want to tell it using these particular images and leaving out certain others is the way that you can bring other people into your brand and bring people into your artistic life and, and continue to sort of tell your own story, which is why... I also kind of feel like Instagram stories is also really cool because you can sort of do that same thing, but just in your everyday life. Yeah, um, I totally yeah. agree. I think it also will inform and, and mold how you come up with photos that yes. you're taking in the moment that you're taking them. Like blogging trickles down to, to even that yes. state uh, big time to thinking and, during the wedding day as you're taking, Oh, I wonder how this would yep. fit into my, what, you know, this wedding Absolutely. story. Hundred percent. That's a really um, great point. Anyway, yeah, uh, cool. Well, uh, we were sponsored this week by Coca Cola. Go grab one today. Mm, delicious Coke. Now with less Coke. What do you got going on in your uh, in your life, Nathan? Anything special coming up? Moving to Baltimore, which is kind of cray cray. We have uh, a secret project. We'll talk about at some point here. I'm sure. Eventually, we'll talk about it. Um, we definitely will at some point, but. We working we're working on that, and then we've got um, I don't know I'm I'm starting starting a sort of sort of side musical project with uh, Ghost Outfit uh, band That's that awesome. I used to be involved with. I, I actually had a sinking depressive state the other day because I, I realized how long it's been since I've really played guitar. It's I need to gonna, as soon as we're done with this, I'm going to go play some guitar. It's yeah. been weeks. It's like, oh oh really? my gosh, I used to play every day. Yeah. I mean, weeks. It, yeah, I've, I sort of made a, a commitment, a sort of internal commitment a couple of months ago to, to try to, well, actually, I guess about six months ago to, to play bass every day. And it's, I was doing pretty good for a while, and, and I sort of fell off the wagon. But after this, um, after we got together and jammed a little bit and came up with some song ideas and some songs, I basically said for the next 30 days, I'm going to be practicing bass or guitar every single day for at least... 30 minutes and so far so good that's been two weeks uh or one week actually i guess but still it's been great so i highly recommend doing that as well it's kind of kick-started my mornings too a little bit which is nice that's cool i like that uh great all right well uh good place to stop we're almost into an hour here so nice yeah all right well uh talk to you later bye